Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It's uh, Thursday morning. We got another episode. I'm bringing back two of my favorite Mets fans. I got Blake, I got Mason in the house. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about the Mets. Fellas, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Good, good. Absolutely. You, uh, absolutely. We love having you. Man. I can't wait to see you guys in person. Give you guys a couple of high fives and hang out and talk Mets baseball. So, um, let, let's jump right into it. There's a lot to talk about. I mean, we are literally next week, this time next week, we're going to hear pitchers and catchers and the glove popping, and it's just going to be so much fun. Um, but I'm going to start with you, uh, Blake. Remind everybody, how did you become a Mets fan? Well, it's a, it's a curse, really. I was cursed at a young age. Now, the truth is, um, I just turned 46, so... The Mets to me were all about uh, 1986. That season is when I really uh, became a fan of the Mets and the sport, really. Uh, you know, I, it was one of those things where I kind of have some memory of uh, live sporting events prior to that. But, you know, I was eight years old, so not much. To me, that's almost the uh, the birth of my love for baseball and and the Mets specifically with that with that great 1986 team yeah I uh I remember that very well you and I are pretty close to the same age I got you by two years but I remember that that season very well very well and the so closes in 84 and 85 um and then to see 86 so yeah it's uh it's funny that you say it was <laughs> sport into the curse that's for those of you listening, do you understand that if you're a New Yorker, you understand that. So that's good. Um, Mason, I don't think you had a choice. It sounds like it's a birth thing, but how did you become a, uh, a Mets fan? Yeah, I think when I was born, my dad was a Mets fan. But before he was a Yankees fan, I remember in my like first bedroom, I had the Yankee table. And, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... I don't know. We decided we wanted to be a little more disappointed, so we became Mets fans. <laughs> I think I told you boys this before, but I was in, I was in the city back in thirteen, and it was no, uh, twelve, and that's before Uber and Lyft, right? And so you're still taking taxi cabs. And Mason, you're not going to believe this, but we didn't have GPSs on our phone back then, right? You had to go to a website called MapQuest. Blake, you probably remember MapQuest. Oh God, the worst. Yeah, exactly. And so I had map quested out because we were staying in Battery Park over at a hotel right in Battery Park. Uh, we were meeting with a company that was like literally right there. We flew into JFK. I had map quested it out and figured out, you know, how long it would take. Well, we're an hour long into this taxi cab and this guy doesn't know I'm a Dodger fan. Right. And we're going down uh, Flatbush. <laughs> so what what are we doing in Brooklyn? Oh, we're not in Brooklyn. We're we're heading. I'm like, no, no, no. Dodger fan. Oh. So I'm looking and I wish I knew where I was at, but I'm looking at a, a, a public storage. It was probably, I don't know, 15, 20 stories high because everything in New York's tall. And there's hanging a banner on it in Yankees colors. And it said 12 professional sports teams, however many you guys have, right? Between football, basketball, baseball, everything. And then it said dot, 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 and the Mets. Oh. <laughs> I thought, well, that, that's bold to say, but he put it on the top and it came down about, five or six stories i'm thinking yeah try that from the bottom and let's see how that rolls so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That, that thing wouldn't be there in two days so right 
Um, yeah, but yeah. Well, there's no. there's there's the teams in in New York that seem to uh, catch the breaks and have all the have all the luck, and then there's there's the Mets and the Islanders, and you know we're Islander fans, and and uh, you know we 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 don't we don't fall into the the typical uh, Mets Jets Islanders because we are Giants fans, but you, you know we got the Islanders and the Mets, and he's right. There was a time where. Um, uh, you know, the Joe Torre era. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a Yankee hater like a lot of Mets fans are. You know, I was uh I was a New York fan. I I wouldn't say that um uh, Joe Torre and Derek Jeter sort of uh they they were impossible to dislike for, for me, especially Joe Torre being a a Met first, right? Mm -hmm. I mean he's a National League guy and and um played for the Mets. And the Braves, but um, yeah, he did have some uh, he did have some Yankee gear in his room. I I believe it. And Mason, if you ever want to tell a good quiz um, thing to somebody and you want to impress somebody, wait until you got a couple of girls around you and you want to grab a couple of your guys and ask a quiz. The quiz is name the only baseball player that has been a starter at three different positions on an all-star team. And the answer is Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey was elected as a catcher, a third baseman, and a first baseman. Really? Mm -hmm. He was. Wow. He was. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little crazy that nobody thinks of Joe Torrey as a player, but he was very good as a player. Your dad and I didn't get to see it because we weren't around for it. But when Joe Torrey was managing, back when he was managing the Braves, like you remember this back in the 80s? Um, and back when he was managing the Braves, I looked him up and researched him and and back then, it was really hard to find stuff. You had to go through old books and stuff. But now with the internet, yeah, he was he was an all star at three positions. So, and I I think um, which isn't all that un well, I guess it's uncommon now. But I believe and correct me if I'm wrong. He had a season where he started out as a player and wound up a manager. Yes, which yes. is pretty wild yeah. at the end of today his career. To think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's. Uh, and you're right. It's hard to hate Joe Torrey. It's hard to hate Jared Jeter. When you got a guy who literally Nike's making a commercial after and the king of Nike, Michael Jordan, is tipping his cap to Derek Jeter, it's really, really hard to hate that guy. I don't care if you're a Red Sox fan or anything. How can you hate that? That's just a guy that played the game for so many years. So right. Yeah. So um, it's easier to hate his counterpart to the right playing third base um you know i mean even j-lo doesn't like him anymore but that, <laughs> that that should say something if j-lo doesn't like you that should that should be your key that maybe it's you it's not you yeah. know not anybody else so all right mason uh give me a memory that you have of the mets whether it's at a game watching a game something uh well i've actually seen this happen twice i remember that we were at a Mets game. I think it was at City Field, and Lindor hit three home runs. That's probably one of my biggest memories. Yeah, yeah. Lind Lindor, when he's on, when he's has nice that he's on, it's special to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. Good call. What about you, Blake? Um. Let's see. I would say the one of my um, favorite memories. And this is for for maybe for a different reason, is uh, I was at a, a 
Mets Yankees game at Yankee Stadium, and okay. there was a uh, rain delay, and Robin Ventura comes out dressed up as Mike Piazza, dressed up as Mike Piazza, starts running around, you know, pretends he hits a home run and starts running around the bases and sliding on the tarp like a giant slip and slide, and um. I don't know, for the sake of this conversation, I'll say that was the same year that Bobby Valentine put the disguise on his face when it, when he got ejected from the game. And I, I made so. it off by I the season. So. But that reason why I bring up that is because um, uh, two reasons. The first one, it just speaks uh, a lot to the the character and the yeah, they're the little brother of the of the of New York because the the Yankees are they were here first and they have all these championships and you know, but the Mets are this feisty funny you know blue collar fun team and and i feel like those type of antics really speak to what the um you know the what it's like to be a mets fan we have more fun than the yankees they don't get it they may have the uh the fame but we have the fun right listen the yankees are expected to win 162 games a season and everybody in the press wants to know why they lose one game and where the Mets can just go out and have fun and get to where they need to get to. I completely agree with you there. I completely agree with you there. And I remember Robin Ventura doing that um, because it, yeah. And I got a great Bobby V story I'm going to share with you when we're not recording. So <laughs> when we're not recording, I will, I will share that story with you. Um, all right. So uh, back to you, Blake. Talk to me. I'm going to kind of combine a couple of uh, questions here. Talk to me about the 2024 outlook for the team. Predominantly show me, if I don't know anything about the Mets, let's assume that I don't for a second. Show me their strengths and show me their weaknesses. All right. Well, the Mets, you know, coming off the oddball season of 23, where there was great expectations and um aces starting pitching aces on the team uh 24 is very different where i don't even know who okay we have senga and then there's a a lot of question marks but the expect the expectations are also quite different because you know Early on um, in the off season, right after the World Series, it 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 became obvious that we weren't going to get a a certain player that someone in this conversation did get, <laughs> and and we we kind of knew we weren't going to get him to be honest with you, but I, I think most of us realized it. I think it was maybe even more um, uh, Yamamoto that we were uh, a little bit disappointed with because he seemed maybe more a little bit more attainable, but. Anyway, so the point is that the expectation, I think, going into this season is a season. And the pitching situation is seems to be maybe a little bit uh, more of a question mark than what we thought 23 was going to be going into 23. Now, 23 didn't pan out with our pitchers because, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the reason was, right? I mean... Uh, they both went on to have great success. Well, their teams did at least at the at the end of the season when when they when they left New York. But I think the 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 answer to your question is strengths. 
we seem to have picked up a lot of bits and pieces to 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 patch up uh uh the the the, the pitching staff maybe they're going to be some of those guys who who look like their starters might be in the bullpen so i'm i'm going to say that our bullpen is potentially one of our strong points and um we have a lot of like infield utility type players i think there's some depth there and also for the first time uh in many years uh i can even say the farm system you know the double a and triple a seems to be stacked with uh and that's going back to uh you know halfway through last year when when we made those those moves and picked up some some young guys that are looking to the future with now as opposed to uh let's go out and get this right now and what what else is interesting is that i guess it was Scherzer who first 24 is in a competition year for them they're going to be 25 26 and maybe he sort of leaked that maybe that was said I, I don't remember exactly how it was but i got the vibe that it was like somebody said something to him you know off the record and he repeated it and it caused a little bit of a stir and you know what everybody was all the mets fans were like you know angry at him at first about that but it, i'm gonna say at this point it looks like he's right this is another rebuilding year that a lot of the mets fans don't want to admit to or, or have to deal with. But I think that it's possible that, you know, we give a, we give a, a run for a playoff spot, but it does look like that maybe we're suited for a more. If we see the weaknesses, I'll go into this real quick. Is I'm, I'm thinking that we, this, so the, the bullpen seems to be stronger than the starting pitching staff does i would love to have seen one more ace one more solid pitcher like uh yamamoto in there that really would to me that would have been a, a game changer and um you know we had the great season from mcneil in 22 there was a little bit of a drop off with you know batting average and production in 23 i feel like you know if he has a season like he did two years ago that would be great if not we kind of could use a you know a Another big bad, a, a strong, true DH, maybe. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm still pinching myself for the off season that we had here in LA. Uh, but, you know, to your point though, I, I know you're a basketball fan too. Um, you'll remember this years ago that uh, the Lakers had Kobe and Shaq, and they went out and got uh, Steve Nash, Gary Payton, and Carl Malone. And that locker room couldn't gel. And, you know, Carl got hurt and they ended up missing the playoffs. And so out here in, in L.A., although we love what's happened, we are very concerned that the locker room might not gel. Because look around the clubhouse. You're going to see a number of all-stars in that clubhouse, including some potential Hall of Famers, right? Mookie and Freddie are on their way towards the Hall another five or six years of what they've been doing and and they're it. So yeah. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll tell you that. I mean, it, yeah. Anyways, I mean, it, you guys had a great team in 15 and you made it to the series and it, it just didn't pan out and cautiously optimistic is a good, good term. <laughs> so, um, Mason, what do you think? What What's your outlook on the Mets in the 2024 season? Where do you think they're strong? Maybe where they might be weak? Mm, well, I mean, as you were saying, I don't really think they're going to 
be going for the season because they're trying to build their thing up. We definitely could use more starters. Probably, I mean, we have a good few bats. Jeff McNeil, uh, forget Francisco Lindor. We have them, but we could definitely use another one. And then, I don't know. We kind of stole everything I was gonna say. Yeah. Well, you got <laughs> you got McNeil, like you said. You got um, Marte, who could bench press all three of us and have a cheeseburger in the other hand. I mean, that dude, that dude is scary when he comes up. I feel sorry for his bat. Like I'm sure the bat is he's squeezing, it's going, ow, little, little less, little less pressure, please. Um, I really would have loved Mason. Tell me what you think. I really would have loved to see Justin Turner come back to the Mets. Yeah, but I I didn't think that was gonna happen. I mean, yeah. he's happy where he is. Well, he's he's now playing for for Los Angeles Dodgers North, aka the Blue Jays, who seem to take everybody from the Dodgers when they're done. So he went up there, be reunited with Hinjin Ryu and others. <laughs> um, okay, so Mason, let's start this conversation off. Prediction time. Okay, nobody's going to give you a hard time. Prediction time. List off how everybody finishes, one through five. Um, and if you have any thoughts on how close it might be, feel free to, to share that with us as well. All right. Um, it's probably going to be similar to last year. I'm thinking we have... Philly or Atlanta in the top two. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the Mets sneak their way into three. Mm -hmm. And then Washington. Maybe five. Okay. Okay. Blake, what do you think? I'm going to go uh, Atlanta, you know, finishing first in the NL East. Um, I'm going to say Philadelphia with a safe bet, but I'm going to. I'm going to be an optimistic Mets fan. I'm going to go Atlanta, New York, Philadelphia, Miami, Washington. Okay. I would uh, I would tend to agree with you, and this is why. I actually really do think, and I, I mentioned this on earlier podcasts, I do think that the Mets have an outside chance to run for the wild card. Because wild cards are probably going to come out of the East and the West. Probably not going to be the Central this year. The Central's not that strong of a division. No di disrespect. I just finished a podcast not too long ago with somebody who is a um, huge Pirates fan, and he agreed with me <laughs> that the Central's not. You can win that division probably in 87 games, um, where you're going to need at least 90, but probably 93 to win the NL East. Um, it would not surprise me if the Mets sneak in as a wild card. Uh, what the Mets can do, is simple. Ignore the media and just play just play baseball. Play old school, get them on, get them over, get them in baseball. Don't worry about hitting the five-run home run. Let the Yankees and the Dodgers and the like the Red Sox die in that sword. <laughs> right. Just use your speed. You let Lindor run. Let Jeff McNeil steal base here or there. Let let some of these guys run. Um I do think first and second, you guys are going to be separated by two or three games, maybe. I think it's going to be really tight between Atlanta and Philadelphia, but I don't think you guys are far out. And honestly, I think that you have a shot for a wild card position and it's never about how you get to the dance. Once you're at the dance, it just depends on what you do when you're at the dance, AKA yeah. Arizona last year. Tell me the guy, Mason, you may not understand this reference, but Blake, I guarantee you understand this reference. Tell me the guy 
that said at the beginning of the season it was going to be Texas versus Arizona in the World Series and that Arizona was going to take out the Dodgers and the Phillies in the playoffs and that Texas was going to win the World Series. If you find me that guy, Blake, I want you to check his back pocket for Gray Sports Almanac because he must have borrowed it from Biff, right? Yes, yes. Is, is, is that a safe thing to say here? I mean, uh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody saw this happening, right? No. Nope. No. No. The opposite no. of the uh, NFL season, right? Exactly. So, Blake, you're going to have to explain to Mason offline that reference, maybe even show him yeah. that clip so or show him that movie. But um, I made that joke earlier, and somebody's like, hey, that's a good reference. Fuck, it's true. There ain't nobody. And, and Mason, check this out. You can go look at the – do you ever look at box scores? Mason, do you ever read this box scores at all? So you want to see an interesting mm -hmm. box? You want, you want to see an interesting box score? Go look at game six and game seven of the National League Championship Series and look in one category, SBs. Philadelphia won in game six, Arizona four. Game seven, Arizona four, Philadelphia zero. That's how the Mets move it around, right? Just use your speed. Get people on and use your speed. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. If we were around the clock to 1985 and we had Ricky Henderson, like what happens if Ricky Henderson walks to lead off the game? He's stealing second, he's stealing third, and he's making his way home somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Mason, literally during this, you walk Ricky Henderson, and by the 10th pitch of the game, you're down one nothing. Because he's already stole second, he's already stole third, and it's it was ridiculous. Because you know, if you were it was it was almost like a video game, Mason. It was almost like it was a guaranteed steal. They knew he would run, but nobody could get him. <laughs> and this poor pitcher is so stressed out about throwing strikes, and you don't want to leave balls up because Ricky hit the ball of the yard, but he's still in second and third. So play that kind of ball, and your guys are going to have a lot of fun in in Queens. So. That's a lot of fun to watch a game like that too, as opposed to you know strikeout, strikeout, home run, you know, uh, you know, ground out, home run. You know, it's it's, it's everybody loves the long ball, but there's something about stolen bases and and uh, stretching a double into a ballpark. Yeah, just just put the uh, put the pressure on the pitcher at first base. Put the pressure on the pitcher. Because now he can only throw over twice. Put the pressure on the, and he's got to pitch within a certain period of time. Just put the pressure on him. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Rick, Ricky Henderson had a, a one season where he stole over 100 bases. Can you imagine, Blake, if there was a pitch clock in that two uh, disengagement rule? Guy would have 400 stolen bases in that season. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it would be embarrassing what these guys would do. He'd sit there and dance like Jackie Robinson and steal second and steal third. But anyways... Um, I love your division. I think your division is going to be fantastic to watch. I always, I always appreciate this division because again, you've got, you've got the Braves, you've got the Phillies, you've got the Mets, and I'm not sure that Miami's found their identity. And Washington is very much rebuilding, and they're not doing a lot to rebuild. So, you, you've got two teams that you can definitely beat. So. Um, any final thoughts, boys, before we wrap up Thursday morning? 
You want to go first? I uh, I'm excited to um to get Diaz back. You know, to have our, our closer back, and we missed him last year, and um, I think that that could be uh, coupled with Adovino. I think maybe that's to my original point when we started the podcast that that's that's the reasoning behind the strength of the bullpen. Hopefully, those two are. Uh, a lot of uh, saves. Yeah, uh, Blake Snell still on the market. Do you want him? Maybe he's that uh, number two I'm looking for. He might be. He might be. He's still. He's looking for a nine-year, three hundred million dollar contract. And for a guy, I know he won a Cy Young, but for a guy that historically hasn't pitched more than five innings on average in the start, a lot of money. It might be a big. Yeah, it might be a big. Uh, Price tag for 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 that type of uh, he's pitcher. He's thirty one years old, and not many people pitching in the forties like Kate Upton does, right down in Houston. So, I got one one name that I could maybe mention to you for the first time as a Mets fan. The uh, and I'll, I'll butcher it, so I could do it like a real Long Islander, Fujinami. Uh huh. So he's that's. Something I'm glad we did the podcast today. I actually, having just picked him up uh, earlier in the day, or maybe it was even late last night. I don't know. I read it this morning. Um, but the opposite of a Blake Snell, where you know he's got a, a small price tag and you get big production. You know, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you're talking. About. I mean, that again, all the press is going to be on. In the Bronx, not in Queens, and no disrespect to you guys, but it's all going to be no. in the Bronx, um, and it's all going to be in Philadelphia, and it's all going to be down in Atlanta, and so that makes it easier for you guys to have the success that you need, because like Randy Johnson said, and and Mason, you may not remember this because that that might be before your time, but um, Blake, you remember this when Randy Johnson played in the Bronx, and he said he hated it because the media. Media was all over him. If he didn't go out and get 26 out of 27 strikeouts in a game, the media wanted to know what was wrong with him. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. entitled to a bad day, right? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, when we have a bad day at work, I have a bad podcast or something, nobody's in my face saying, what's wrong? Are you getting ready to retire? Wait a second. Hold on. This isn't a bad day. <laughs> so, yeah, right. This is a bad day. Um, Mason, any <laughs> final thoughts? Um, well, I mean, as he was saying, it's going to be exciting to hear those trumpets again when Diaz comes out. Uh, it's going to be exciting to eat the city field food because that's really good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just going to be exciting to see everybody back out there. Yeah. I can't wait to get out there and see you guys in person, give you guys high fives and talk some more baseball in person. Uh, you know, it'll be absolutely. So, yeah, we'll get some of that delicious city field food. I can't. I've already. I've already. People have already given me stuff that I need to try, and and I'm making a list of what's I what have with me right now. But next time I talk to you guys, I'm gonna have to get some of your recommendations here because some of it sounds like you're gonna have to roll me out of there afterwards. But you know, we'll see what yeah. happens, right? So, thanks for spending Thursday morning uh, with me, you two, and and we'll do this again soon. We're we're putting together a generations podcast, so. Very soon we'll we'll get that going and and have you guys back on if that's good for you guys. Yeah, sounds awesome. All right, perfect. Top fan rivalry followers again. Um, Blake and Mason, these guys are fantastic dudes. They've been on before. 
Um, Mason really runs the show. I don't, I mean, Blake thinks that he does, but Mason's got it under control, right? I mean, he runs the show out there at Long Island. But fellas, I appreciate it. Stick around for a second and we will talk to you guys soon.